Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jason at Parkway Church, and what a privilege it is to join you today. Perhaps it's via Facebook or maybe your favorite podcast app. I believe that today God is going to speak to your spirit in the few moments we have together to lift you up to see what is possible. In this podcast, I believe you're going to receive powerful inspiration and purposeful insights that are going to fuel the purpose of God in your life. So let's get right to it. Uh, what has been on my heart lately? What have I been thinking about? What's kind of been fueling my day-to-day -day, um, motivation, thoughts, ideas? Well, uh, most of the days I am optimistic. In fact, I've had people say, are you always this happy? To which I typically reply, by God's grace, I am. And, you know, somewhere here recently, the Lord really put in my spirit, in my thoughts, when people would say, hey, how are you doing? And I would say, the glass is half full and about to overflow. Literally. It, it has to be from God. I didn't think that or manipulate that to come about. It just came about because God gave me that thought. Hey, the glass is not half empty, about to be drained out from the bottom or poured out from the top. Rather, there's an invisible source inside that glass that tells me the glass is half full and it's about to overflow. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. Didn't David say it in Psalm 23? He said, my cup overflows. It runs over. So it was an optimism. David had an optimism. It doesn't mean he did not face some days where it was difficult and he was chased and he made mistakes and he sinned. And, but there was a hope and a faith in God that kept him coming back to the reality Hey, with God, all things are possible. So I want to tell you, your perspective on life and really everything, it's important. How you see things really does matter to the overall success of your life. Whether you're a business person listening to this, wherever your position in life, your perspective is very important. And through this moment together with you, I'd like to, to share with you some insights that hopefully will lift your perspective to see the glass is half full and it's about to overflow. So let me read to you something that uh, I found. It really is awesome. Imagine Jesus starting his enterprise, if you will, his kingdom building venture. And he, reach out, he reaches out to the Jordan Management consultants and so they send him a letter back and i'm going to kind of get through some of the fluff and get to the real stuff you know dear sir thanks for submitting the resume of the 12 men you've picked for managerial positions in your new organization and they go on to say it is the staff's opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background education vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you're undertaking they don't have the team concept We'd recommend you continue looking uh, for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. And then they begin to list Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they place personal interest above company loyalty. 
Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel that it's our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, definitely have radical leanings. They both registered a high score on the manic depressive scale. Can you imagine Jesus reading this? But then listen to this. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He's a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and has contacts in high places. He's highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All of the other profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely, the Jordan Management Consultants. What if Jesus would have had someone with an outside perspective look at his choice and be that critical about the man he had chosen? The truth is, even Jesus knew the shortcomings of every man. But Jesus knew about a secret source of power and of sustainability that causes us to believe the glass is half full and it's about to overflow. Jesus knew that these men would be present, obviously minus Judas, in the upper room when he poured out the gift of his empowering spirit, the Holy Spirit, on those disciples. He knew that through the power of the Holy Ghost, there would be an overcoming spirit that would overcome every difficult, every lack of sufficiency, every insufficiency they possessed. God said, don't worry. I've got that covered. Can I tell you that we are also an extension of those same wonderful people? Flawed. We are all flawed. We are all given to insufficiency. None of us can lift our hands and say, hey, I've got it all together. Because the truth is, none of us have it all together. But when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, when you are filled and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you have been given a power that overcomes any obstacle. So, as an extension of the early church, we're seeking to do what they did. What did they do? They made disciples of Jesus Christ. I know that here at Parkway Church in Madison, it's my sincere desire to see the church grow, to see people added and disciples created. You know, it's been my motto a long time, come as you are. But thank God he will not leave us as we are. He begins a work in us. And those of you that have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you probably remember me saying or quoting John chapter 1 verse 12, to as many as believed on him, to them gave he power to to become sons of God. So you don't have to have the power to become, but once you receive the Holy Ghost, you will become. God will take you from who you are and make you into who He wants you to be. That will be for your good and for God's glory. So let me tell you a couple of things that drive discipleship making at Parkway. One of those, and this can benefit your business, in every way. One of those is connect. We want people to connect in the kingdom of God in this location. For new believers, that means obedience to the gospel message. Once you connect, what do you do? You begin to grow. Just like a baby, when a baby is born, 
that baby given to the parents. They're just oohing and on. But there is an expectation. Even though they see the baby as perfect and entire in that present form, there is an expectation from parents that that baby is going to grow and grow into whomever God wants that baby to be. So, in the kingdom of God, you come as you are. God fills you with the Spirit. There's an expectation from our Heavenly Father that we are going to grow up into the man, the woman that God wants us to be. So grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the final, the, the last strand of that trifold system of making disciples is serve. When you grow up, there's a natural expression of your ability in the kingdom of God. And so we want everyone to find that place where they can serve Jesus Christ and serve others in this location by doing what you can according to your strengths, according to your talents. I'm reminded of what Paul said when he said in Philippians 1 verse 3, every time I think about you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work till it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So Paul was talking about a purpose in us that manifests by spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and why do we do that? Because we're confident that God didn't just begin a work in us. He wants that work to affect other people. Consider that when God saved Israel out of Egypt, He didn't save them just to sit down. He saved them and filled them with purpose. It was manifested in the leader, Moses. Take these people from here all the way to the land of promise, Canaan land, the promised land. And there I'm going to build them and I'm going to grow them. Well, on that journey, God did some miraculous things opened the Red Sea, destroyed all of the Egyptian army, provided manna for the people of Israel, provided water from a rock. Their clothes did not wear out. Think about it. There were no dollar generals in the desert. There were no Walmarts in the wilderness. Yet God sustained them for 40 plus years. But now consider, because it was the writer of Hebrews who tells us, he encourages us, be careful, brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and lacking faith or unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other, encourage each other while it's still called today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we're faithful to the end, trusting God as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says? Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. He goes on to say, and who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people that Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? 
And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter into his rest? God was so frustrated with these people because he proved to them time and again his ability was greater than they could comprehend. Yet they perceived that their future depended upon their ability. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see they could not, that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter into his rest. Their lack of faith. Then it goes on. God's promise of entering his rest, it still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear, you and I, that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they did not share the faith of those who listened to God. They didn't combine what they heard with faith. They didn't mix the Word of God with faith. What does that mean for you and I? That when we read the Word of God and we read about God's promises and we read about God's intentions toward us, it should prompt us, promote us to believe God that if He did it for those people, He can do it for us as well. God was so frustrated with the children of Israel because they could not enter in. He prevented them because they lacked the faith in God. What fuels hope and optimism? What fuels a perspective of the glass is half full and about to overflow? It's faith in God. The people, when they came back, the spies, they said of the promised land, we even saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Time out. They, according to scripture, never had a conversation with the people of the land. So how do they know that that's what the people of the land really thought about them? They did not know. They just imposed upon those people the feelings of inferiority they felt within themselves. Because remember, when the spies finally get to Rahab in Jericho, she said, we've heard about you guys. And for a long time, we've been very afraid of you. So can I tell you, our adversary, our common adversary, the devil, is absolutely afraid of us. Why? Because he knows if we ever see ourselves the way God sees us, we're going to always overcome. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. He always makes us to be victorious. God can weave and wrap any kind of a failure back into his will when you're truly submitted, truly repented. And, and he can cause you to abound and flourish in spite of yesterday, in spite of the regrets of yesterday. So the people of Israel were bound by their own unbelief. They failed to enter into the promised land because they truly did not believe that God could bring it to pass. They thought, we have to have the strength. God said, no, I've got the strength. You've got to get the right perspective when Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he's so big we can never kill him. But David thought, he's so big I can't miss. Guys, that's the kind of perspective I want to have. That Goliath is so big, I am going to be successful against him. Why? I can't miss. He's so big, I've got this. 
because God's got me and he has you. After all the miracles that God had done, the Israelites still challenged God in their own belief, in their own measure of faith. Now, the two spies, they came back and they said, we are well able to take the land. Come on, guys, let's go forward. Let's go do this. But the 10 spies, the majority, canceled the minority who had faith to believe. In fact, can I challenge you, wherever you're at listening to this right now, real quick, name the 10 spies who said, we cannot take the land. Go ahead, I'll wait. Their names are in the Bible, but the reason why you're failing right now to remember their names, nobody wants to be associated with people who say, we can't do it. Or with people who say, the glass is half empty and it's about to drain out the bottom. Nobody wants to be associated with that. We want to be associated with people that have optimism and faith in God who say, because God is and never will cease and he's the king of glory, we are well able to take this land. But everybody names their kids Joshua and Caleb. All right, I'll admit, not everybody. I'm named Jason. I'm found way over in the book of Acts, along with those who came to Jason's house and they turned the world upside down. That's optimism for you. And I believe you and I, those listening, those watching this podcast, we are well able to turn the world upside down. Why? Not because of us, not what is inherent in our human ability. It's Christ in us the hope of glory. It's us being filled with the Spirit of God. That's what causes a glass to be half full about to overflow. So what do we do? We've got to cancel unbelief. When you hear somebody say, well, I'm not sure God can do that. You counter in kindness, but with a firm conviction. I know God is able. Well, can God heal that cancer? Can God raise the dead? Well, man, it just seems so final. You counter, I know God is able, that we are well able to see God bring about a great result. When we don't pray, guys, it's as though we're saying to God, I really don't believe prayer works. But when we pray about everything by deduction, we are telling God, prayer changes things. When we don't lay hands on the sick, we're telling God, I really don't believe your word that says the believer, not the pastor, not the minister, not the super spiritual, not the, you know, all important, the believer. I believe God. It can be as simple as that. Therefore, I lay hands on the sick and in Jesus name, you shall be recovered and God will do the work. It was Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. He asked the question, who has believed our report, our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? We understand in that context of scripture, he's talking about and forecasting the coming of Christ. When Jesus came, the Jews rejected him because they just could not believe that he would be their Messiah. But to as many as received him, to them gave he gave power to overcome, to become, to come over the top of, come over the top of, kind of like the glass is half full and it's about to overflow, come over the top of the glass and just flow everywhere. 
Today, as I conclude, whenever you consider what is in front of you, whether it's a mountain, whether it's a family problem, a situation that seems almost insurmountable, I want to encourage you. The glass is half full and it's about to overflow. How do you know? Because God is able. I believe God and that confident hope is what causes me to move again, to go again, to believe again, to get up, even when I've been knocked down and say with God, all things are possible. Have a great day today. And as you address each and every challenge that comes before you, maybe just whisper or say it out loud. The glass is half full and about to overflow. God bless you.